Welcome to the Call It In podcast for women seeking to call in more depth and meaning into their lives. More happiness, more healthiness, more peacefulness, more abundance, more finances, and more overall fulfillment. Call It In. Each episode provides practical action steps, easy takeaways in mindset, soul set, and heart set living for women on a mission to call in more dar will be your guide she is a master educator vibrational energy healer and the founder of purposeful passion driven life program a word of warning this podcast is not for you if you enjoy status quo don't believe in a higher power or aren't a little bit woo-woo or metaphysically minded. Here is the Call It In podcast for those of you who know that you are meant for more with Dar. Today's episode is part two of Animal Communication and Healing with Grace Jager. I can't wait for everyone to join in as we learn about how Grace got started, her volunteer work with foster animals, some more case studies, and how she helps with lost pets. Of course, there are more heartfelt stories that the talented storyteller weaves into talking about the case studies and the benefits of this work for not only the pet, but the owner and also herself. So let's dive in. So how did you get started with all this, Grace? I've known you for a few years, but I haven't asked you that question. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's kind of like the way I got started with all of it, which was I was raised as a preacher's kid, and I didn't think I had anything. I was just totally shut shut down most of my adult life. I, um, I thought that I had nothing until I was about 60 years old. I believed in all of this, but I didn't think I had anything myself. So as I started to open, and that's a whole nother story, which is available on my website. There's a story about how I grew. I didn't start until I was age 60. Um, But the animal communication itself and learning how to do that, pretty much once I started the open, I just, I've been in the community long enough. I knew an animal communicator who taught, and I went to one of her classes, a one-day session, I don't think I used anything that I learned from her, except that it it opened me to the possibilities. And that was all it took. So I started to do the work myself. And um, how did I do that? How did I? The hard part is because when you're talking telepathically, which is what I'm doing with these pets, I'm talking telepathically, I hear in my own voice. And I'm sure that I've been doing that all my life and thinking, well, that's just me talking. I'm just making stuff up because we all do that. You hear in your own voice, well, that's just me. So it took me a long time to separate out 
that it wasn't just me. And that was true, not just for animal communication, but for all my spiritual growth. But with animal communication, how I learned to validate and get this validation was, um, first of all, I went to a lot of friends. Anybody on Facebook had a dog or a cat or a horse or whatever with an issue. I would go to that person and say, do you, do you mind? Do I have your permission? After that, since then, I realized I don't need their permission. I only need to talk to the animal. And there are a lot of animals I've cared for that their humans never know about it. So because it's really about the um, granting them the sovereignty of uh, being able to decide, and they have that right. So I, um, anyway, I did that, and I would get, uh, when I started, I was happy to get one point that matched up, and that would be validation for me. And I continued with that for quite a while. And then as I started to go into my business, I had to find a way not to give it away free anymore. And I started, but I still wanted to, to uh, give back to the community. So my way of giving back to the animal community, to the pet care community, is that for the last seven, not longer than that, maybe eight years, I have been doing um, remote healing and animal communication for cats and kittens in foster care in Minnesota. Uh, I've lived in Missouri and Mississippi, but I continue to work with the Minnesota because that's where my, my, uh, my roots are. And I have got such great validation. One of the places there where I got validation, I can remember really early on, it was a woman that I knew. She was a cat client of mine for a cat sitting service that I had. And she asked me to talk to this one cat that what she was fostering and why doesn't she like this particular foster mother? And the cat showed me, uh, told me um, how the cat, that woman picked her up by the scruff of her neck and she don't, won't have anything to do with that person anymore. So I told my friend client that and she said, oh yes, I saw that it looked so painful. And that was probably the best validation I've ever had for my services was somebody actually saw what the cat was telling me. And um, so that was really early on. And I continue with that. I also have started doing the same kind of service as a volunteer for a pig sanctuary in North Carolina and talking to the pigs and the goats and the llamas is a totally different experience, but I really love that part of it too. So you kind of covered how you were gaining confidence and validation. Um, how about sharing some case studies with us? Besides the ones you've already shared, you shared a few. Okay. Okay. Well, I, um, the dolphin was the most recent. I also recently have, um, I had a friend, I have a friend who lives at a camp in the desert in California, and she had to evacuate her, um, she had to evacuate her home and she went to a nearby camp also in the desert and she took her two dogs with her. The next day I got a message from her saying, my dog is missing lost in the desert. And I thought, what can I do to help? How can I help that? And this will probably lead us into the next topic that you wanted to cover. Um, but how can I do that? How can I, what, what can I do to help? I went to that dog who was also connected to an angel for another reason. And I said, can you, can you see the angel, Tater? She said, yeah, I always see the angel. And I said, do you know where your mom is? 
no. Are you trying to go home? Yes. I said, well, you can't go home because she's not there. So I asked the angel to turn up a really bright light and then told Tater to follow that angel. And that angel led her right to her mother in a place she'd never been before. And Tater came in and just pushed the door open. She knew right where her mother was. They both agree, the angel and Tater agree, that the angel got her home, got her back to her mother. In a to out of the hot desert. I mean, this was a big furry dog, and it was over like 110 degrees in the desert that day. So, so that's a really exciting one. Um, yes, one of the first ones, and we might we'll get back to the lost pets because I know we haven't talked about that yet. But um, one of the first ones that I remember too, that's really a simple thing, is um, one of the important things that. I learned, I've learned about pets is that they are fussy about what they're called sometimes. We all come with sacred names. And some, some pets will tell me. Some won't even tell me. Some pets will tell me, but I have to keep it secret, and some want to be called that. One time I had a dog who had been passed from home to home to home in foster homes and kept being returned. And I got a... a a message from a client of mine who said, I really want this dog to stay here. What can you work with him? So I went to the dog and we talked about all the other issues, pain and everything. But the most important thing I learned was what his name is. And when I went back to that human and told her that this is his name and he, she started calling him that she said she could immediately see a change in him. His behavior totally changed. And to me, he said, somebody finally cares about who I really am. Mm -hmm. so that to me is a great benefit that we can that because just a simple thing like a name can make an issue can resolve a problem a behavioral problem oh i just feel that's just such a heartfelt story it's like yes. because it's a human attribute too of being course. recognized and being called by name and yeah, yeah. that's just amazing so, yeah, let's go back to um, lost pets. Lost pets. I, for many years, I didn't, um, I, I didn't really offer it. I didn't think that I, I had a good service. But in the last five years, maybe, I have helped. Um, I have a way to help pets that are confined because a lot of times people take them in sometimes for bad reasons and sometimes they think they're rescuing them. But what, what it means is that they can't get home, even though they know their way home. So I have developed a way to, to teach them to be able to get out and get home. And that has worked many, many times. I've had humans that have witnessed that working and pets that just show up at home. Um, I've also had, um, I have a lot of luck find, locating them on a map through spirit, through, um, spirit help. And at one point, I knew that um, this dog that was lost was in a neighboring home about a half a block away. And the human, my client, went to the door, knocked on the door and said, I know my dog is in there. You better let him come home. And within 15 minutes, that dog was home. So I, have, I do have ways. I don't guarantee anything. I will help. And I'll do as, as much as I can. Um, and sometimes, if nothing else, I can find out if that um, animal spirit is alive in this world or not. 
sometimes the spirit might be gone and the body is still moving on. And that's another whole nother story. But um, it that's one of the comforts is if they're not, I had a friend who lost a dog or, and she doesn't even know because that she, the dog was actually stolen and wasn't wasn't treated well and the body was found in the middle of the street but I was able to help her to learn she didn't want to learn the whole details but I know them if she ever wants to know what really happened to that dog it was a personal vendetta so there's lots of services and lots of different ways that I can help some of them are heartbreaking for me and the human and the and the pet but it's better to know than not know absolutely so we've heard some of the benefits and one that really sticks in my mind, of course, or two are, you know, pain relief. And I'm amazed that most animals are in pain, you know, as yes. they increase in age and then giving them a voice. Those really stand out. But do you want to talk a little bit to some of the other benefits that you've seen? Well, I've, um, I mean, I can relate by stories, I guess. That's probably the best thing. Um, I think I told you recently about two dogs where one of them was attacked by the other one. Totally unprovoked attack. Well, it turns out that the dog that did the attacking was blind in that eye on that side. And the other dog coming up totally startled her and she took off and she just attacked. And Nobody had ever looked at her vision before until I told them. And they said, yes, there's an issue with that. It was the right eye. And that was the side that the dog came up on. Now, the dog that was injured, that was attacked, when I first talked to her, she said she was ready to leave because she was worried that her presence there would cause problems with the other dog and with the whole family. And the family decided to work with her, and I helped to work with her. And they have arranged a routine where the dogs don't see each other. And, bo and both dogs are happy there in that home. And that involved the, the, the dog that was injured the worst was actually the attacker. And she's still healing from her, uh, from her wounds. They both were. And that was the other dog was one that had been injured. Um, from abuse early on, and they didn't even know she was in pain until then. So um, that's those things are huge. I can't even begin to say how rewarding it is to be able to give a voice and to. Um, well, sometimes they tell me secrets that they won't tell anybody else. Sometimes they'll tell me about dangers. My own dog alerts me to dangers here from um, other energy sources uh, my cat is so wonderful because he was a uh, he was uh, on the street lived on the street as a kitten and was we adopted him at about six months and he's so grateful for to be in our in our family and he can't i told him i said well you know we're grateful for you too he said, you are why would you you know so just the feelings that i get from it I um, don't have anything specific coming to mind more than that right now. Well, that is just amazing work. So my next question is, how can we learn that, those types of skills? So some of our audience, I'm sure, are interested in 
now that they've heard your amazing stories, they're probably ready to just follow in your footsteps. So tell us how. Okay, well, I have two, I have something um, that I'll say first, and that is that if it's, if you're interested in it only for speaking with your own pets, Darla, you know, we've already talked about it. it's hard to, to talk deep stuff with your own pets. I talk to my pets all the time, and they, we tell them where we're going, and Murphy gets to pick out what park we walk in and all of that. But when it comes to any kind of really deep emotional issues, I have to stay out of it and ask someone else to help because my own, it's just like with people, my own energy and my own feelings, emotions get all wrapped up in it and I can make them t dying and all of that. And they're really fine. They just needed a little help. So if that's the only purpose as talking to your own pets, I would say it's not going to be a lot of benefit. If you want to learn to talk to all of them, I mean, I'm talking about squirrels and turtles and cats and dogs and horses and all of them, dolphins. Um, I have a class that I, um, I teach. I, I don't call it a class. It's called, a, um, I call it a growth opportunity. And it's animal communication. It's one-on-one. -on -one. We do it by phone. All of my work is done one-on-one -on -one by phone. And it... Um, I have a, a write-up that gives you basic information. And then I give you the ability to, I, I, the identity of several pets, including my own, that you can talk to, and I can validate those answers for you. It's a way of validation. It runs over a two-month period. And um, if you're interested in that, we'll, we'll have the links posted in the notes, and I'll be happy to help you and see what we can learn. I will make a comment on it, though, that it's very helpful if you have a way to validate your answers other than from uh, the humans. So I also have a class where I teach pendulum, how to use a pendulum, and that's a, such a primary source of validation for me. I'll pitch that class, too. So that's it. Yes, I use a pendulum for validation quite often. I'll have to start using it for validation when I'm communicating with, with all the different animals that I said. I like to talk to animals, but um, now we'll start working more on hearing from them. Good, and that's, that's the thing. That's, you are, you're already hearing. You just think that you're making it up. Yes. And it's really so, about open. So would you share with us, just before we go here, I want to uh, round this off, but about your 10-year-old grandson and how he describes animal communication. I just love that story, oh, and you haven't perfect. told it yet. That's perfect, and that's, the, that's a perfect way to round it out. Um, when, uh, when my grandson was about 10, and he, he was, he's always been able to talk to animals, and he grew up in an environment with me and his mother where we, it wasn't unusual. So he just assumed that. And I, I asked him, I said, well, how, how do you do that? And he said, well, it's pretty simple. I just send it up to spirit or to a, a, some kind of a translator in the sky. There's a translator who translates from my words into cat or into dog. 
And then that dog answers back or that cat answers back and it goes through the translator and it translates it into English and sends it back down to me. So we did it up and down, like up to translator, down to the cat, up to the translator and down to me. And to me, that is the perfect way. I, when somebody asks me how I do it, that's what I tell them. I, I can't describe it any better than that. And it takes a child, right, <laughs> to describe these things yes. so that we yep. can understand them. Absolutely. Well, Grace, I just want to give you just like a big virtual hug and thank you so much for being here for our audience. And we'd love to have you back on one of these other topics like the time straddling and some of the other things you do. So until then, I just, you know, I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful to you, Darla, for the opportunity. I mean, we haven't seen each other for a year and a half because of COVID, but it's wonderful to be able to see you today, too. Even yes, though I appreciate it so much, too. So we'll just encourage our audience to call it in. Call it in with grace. Call it in with animal communication and animal healing. And I hope that everyone was just as inspired as I am to have heard you today. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Call It In. I am so grateful to have had you with me. If you enjoyed our time together, please subscribe to this podcast. Also, don't forget to pop on over to the show notes page for additional insights. If you take the time to review the show, I would be so thrilled to read your thoughts and comments. Everyone who leaves a review will be put into a drawing for a chance to win a free, in-depth, one-on-one intensive call with me. I look forward to connecting with you even more in the future. Thanks again for spending this time with me at Call It In with Dar.